2: Good day, America. Welcome Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTV, WXYZ people. All the boat rockers are in the house and anybody else I may have missed too. the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio. Where we use the Bible and the Constitution not to see who's on the right or left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S. occupied state of South Carolina. The editor at SonsLibertyMedia.com. And for our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel. that will warned you about a hold to the book, The Bible. As the authoritative word of God, glad that you guys have joined us this morning. If you'd like to keep uh, check us out online, please do so. SonsofLibertyRadio.com and also SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. But if you're listening by way of Red State Talk Radio and you want to watch the video portion of the radio show, that's right. You can see the face is made for radio. Head over to SonsOfLibertyMedia.com and there you're going to see two videos at the top of the page. The one on the left side of the page is Bradley's show from yesterday afternoon. So if you missed that, <clears throat> excuse me. And you would like to check that out, you can do so up until 3 o'clock Eastern today, at which time he'll be live in that little area right there on the left side of the page. On the right side of the page is where we're at. Click on the play button, blow it up on whatever device you've got there, and then look for the Rumble icon, bottom right-hand corner. Um, Click on that. You can join us in the chat over on Rumble. We've got a lot of friends over there. Good morning, guys. Good to see you in the chat as well. And uh, yeah, join us over there. We'd love to have you over there. We're also streaming live to Rumble at Sons of Liberty Radio Live. Sons of Liberty Radio Live is the channel. Please subscribe over there as well. <clears throat> and then also beforeitsnews.com, top of the page. Beforeitsnews.com, top of the page. And um, let's see, what else did we have? Uh, right up under where we're streaming live on of sonsoflibertymedia.com is where you can sign up for an email newsletter. Again, that goes out once a day, uh, sometime in the late afternoon or evening. And uh, that's all the articles we have for the day, including the morning show archive. So if you hear something that you want to use, you want to share, you want to dig further into, that'll all be listed in the contents of today's show in the archive, which will look like an article there. But it'll be by the same name, Antitrust. BlackRock controls these companies the most, why they need to be broken up. Um, you'll look for that at Sons of Liberty media.com. All right. Now real quickly, if you want to call in, the phone lines are open. I got to get used to doing that. I mean, the phone lines are up and everything, but, uh, well, my Google voice is up and I don't know why, but when I answer a call, all of a sudden the volume drops on every, on everything. And I don't know why that is, but, um, yeah, it's one of these things. I'm not a real big techie guy when it comes to understanding why it does what it does there. But anyway, if you want to call in, you can comment or question, uh, 803-619-9855. 803-619-9855. 803-619-9855. <clears throat> so there you go. If you want to call in, you can do that, okay? But stick to the topic, okay? Don't, don't call in and go off on some other topic, okay? Let's stick to the topic today. All right. Um, I don't know what it was. Maybe, but uh, I don't How long ago was It, it wasn't that long ago. <clears throat> it was back in June, first part of June, first week of June. Ah, uh, Bradley had me fill in for him on a Saturday. It was two hours, and uh, it was a little late getting a notification. And I thought, okay, well, I've I've got some stuff I can bring in for that. And he said, well, would you? Because he had started to talk a little bit about BlackRock, and he said, would you, you know, take that time to to do something? So we did two hours on that. And this is going to be somewhat of a rehash because, again, the the morning audience on the radio is obviously different because he's on GC and we're on uh, Red State Talk Radio and then also Missouri Liberty. So this is going to be a little different, but it's it's going to contain some of the same information but what sparked it was yesterday came across something from <clears throat> uh Zero Hedge on the 25 companies that BlackRock controls the most. And you won't be surprised at any of these, but you know it's not just BlackRock to, to have our, our focus just on BlackRock. I'm going to give it as an example. There are three of these guys. There's BlackRock, there's Vanguard, and there's State Street. And they're heavily invested in virtually every company corporation in the United States. And um, <clears throat> so therefore, if they're doing that, they have some leverage to get those companies to do things um, on their behalf. OK, plus they're in a position as what we've seen through the convids of corporate fascism to be used by government to work with government to implement what government is not supposed to be implementing. OK, so it's a, it's a dangerous place. And this is why we have uh, antitrust laws as well. Because they take uh, corporations grow and then they begin to buy up others. And then what they do is they create a monopoly so that the only people you can get, whatever the service is or whatever the thing is from, is from them. There aren't there. really is no real competition. Um, <clears throat> and some people would say, well, that's free market capitalism. Well, no, it's really not. It's really not. It's not a free market at all. It's it's a controlled market. And of course, we are we're in a controlled market. We've been in a controlled market for decades. So this is not like you know this spur up sprung up you know in the past couple of years or something. Anyway, I ran across this um, this article and uh, put it in, and then added the stuff that we talked about uh, back in June. And this was a this was a pretty big deal. Why? Well, James O'Keefe had you know contacted a Black Rock recruiter who, quote-unquote, decides people's fate. And uh, he shared, right here on the hidden camera, what Black Rock's all about. Take a look at this. They don't want to be in the news. They, they don't want people to talk about them. They don't want to be anywhere on the
3: radar. Why not? I don't know, but I suspect it's probably because it's easier to do things when people aren't thinking about it. All of these financial institutions, they buy politicians. You can take this big <laughs> ton of money, and then you can start to buy people. I work for a company called BlackRock. Meet
4: Serge Varley, a recruiter at BlackRock.
3: Let me tell you, it's not through who's, who's the president; it's who's controlling the, the wallet. For the yeah. So it's, it's the And who's that? that? The hedge funds, got the banks. These guys are campaign financing. Yep, you can buy your tenants. Obviously, we have the system for us. First, there's the senators. These guys rich. You got 10 grand, you can buy a senator.
2: Okay, I want to I stop right there for just a second. Um, this is, did you hear what he's talking about? The hedge funds. BlackRock, these other groups, they're the ones controlling, quote unquote, the president uh, because they're controlling his wallet. Well, hang on. It also applies to senators and representatives, too, governors and the like. And I want to tell you something. If you don't understand the issue of usury, this whole system is based off of false weights and measurements, which God calls an abomination. And then second of all is the issue of usury. Because hedge funds, Wall Street, interest you get when you go and put your money in the bank, in a CD, or any of this stuff. Listen, that stuff's forbidden in the scripture. It's forbidden. And yet, what unless unless you're going to do it with a foreigner. You can do it with a foreigner. You can charge usury for a foreigner. But that whole system is forbidden. And this is what these guys are doing. And this is what it leads to. I mean, just keep that in mind as you listen to what this guy is saying. Give you five
3: hundred K right now, no questions asked. Yeah, uh, I did it too. do it. It's done. Does you like know, everybody do know. that? Does BlackRock do that? It's like, you know, it doesn't matter you who so wins. They're, right. they're, they're my yeah.
4: Here's Serge Varley on how good war is for BlackRock's business.
5: Do you have any um, thoughts on the Ukraine Russia war?
3: Yeah, I mean, I I do have thoughts. It, what are they? Ukraine is good for business you know right? I'll give an example Russia um, Russia blows up Ukraine's grain sales price of wheats gonna go mad up the Ukrainian economy is tied very largely to the wheat market global wheat market prices of bread and, you know it, literally everything is, it goes up and down this is fantastic if you're trading volatility creates opportunity to make profit. War is no f- good for, for business. It's exciting when s*** sh- goes wrong, right? BlackRock manages wow. $20, 20 trillion. It's incomprehensible numbers.
4: BlackRock Serge Varley says all of this is above a normal person's
3: understanding. You're like an undercover reporter. I no, 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 no don't know what people this is This is beyond them. The whole thing of like domination in the world, a concept shit is so f-
6: interesting. Hi, I'm James O'Keefe with OMG News. Here we are with our
4: latest story, this time, on BlackRock, one of the world's leading asset and investment managers, which owns significant shares of companies like Amazon, Microsoft, and Busch. Meta, Target, Procter & Gamble, Comcast, CNN, Fox, and yes, Pfizer.
2: Think BlackRock's pulling some of this pride stuff with them? At ONG, we do not them. shy away from
4: exposing powerful companies, and we're not afraid of powerful people. So we decided to take a look for ourselves at the influence BlackRock has on our politics and the influence they have on our culture. So to do that, what better place to start in camera investigation than into a self-described Gatekeeper at BlackRock.
1: Like you're kind of like a gatekeeper
6: at BlackRock. Yeah,
1: I
3: am. I, I decide people's fate every f-ing day. I literally decide how somebody's life is going to be
6: shaped. That's so powerful. I love Yeah, it's. I don't
3: mean, you know the, the whole thing of like domination from a concept.
4: Is, it's, it's so
6: f-ing interesting.
4: Introducing Serge Varley whose LinkedIn says he's worked for Morgan Stanley, Citadel, and now as a recruiter at BlackRock.
3: I work for uh, a company called BlackRock. I'm not actually a finance guy. I just, I know what happens because I'm recruiting people who do these things. Mm-hmm. I'm the person who headhunts people from other firms. So I would approach him and say, hey, this is a good reason why you should come us.
4: Serge tells us who really runs the world, how they do it, and just how much it costs to buy people. Like politicians.
3: Let me tell you it's not through who's the president.
6: It's who's controlling
3: the, the wall. Sorry, it's, it's it's and who's like, that? The hedge funds, the banks. These guys campaign financing. Yep, you can buy your candidates. So you know, all of these financial institutions—they buy politicians. How do they run the world? You acquire stuff. You diversify. You acquire. You keep acquiring. You spend whatever you make in acquiring more. And at a certain point, your risk level is is super low. Like, imagine you've invested in um, like ten different industries, from food to to drinks to like technology. Right? One one of them fails, it doesn't matter. You have nine others to make you up risk management is, is inherently just about everything and in the finance space it's all about it's, it's, it's well it's all about the money you make you don't you don't let it sit yeah like you keep using it over and over and just, reinvest. yeah and it's exponential growth and then once you just own a little bit of everything is that where the control Yeah. you own a little bit of everything and that little bit of everything gives you so much money on a yearly basis that you can take this big sum of money and then you can start to buy people. And obviously, we have the system in place. First, there is the senators, and so these guys. You got ten grand, you can buy some. It doesn't matter who wins. Yes, they're 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 my backers. I can give you five hundred k right now. No questions asked. Yeah. I'm going to do what needs to be done. They're like, yeah, of course. Why not?
2: I'm just going to make a point here with the, with this guy talking. And for those who are listening by the radio, if you haven't seen this undercover video. He's a fairly young guy. Maybe I'm going to say he's probably in his 30s because when you look at him, he's probably in his uh, early 30s. But when he talks about doing this, didn't Jack Abramoff go to prison over this stuff? Coming out and saying the exact same kind of stuff. He had 400, you know, representatives and senators in his pocket at any given time to vote the way he wants it. Didn't he go to prison for stuff like this? I want to know where the guys, the quote unquote good guys are in in government that we hear about, you know, we, we hear there's white hats there and we hear there are all these good guys. Where, where are you guys at? are making arrest on this guy? He's just told you he engages in bribery for $10,000. He can buy senators. That's forbidden in our Constitution. That's forbidden in the word of God. Where, where's the FBI on that, huh? Where are they at? Where are the good guys, so to speak, the that thin blue line of the federal level? Where's See what I'm talking about? They want the positions they don't want to enforce the real law they want to enforce pretended law against pretended crimes in order to make you a criminal, but they'll let this guy go. he's on camera saying what he's doing he's bribed that he and Blackrock are bribing senators. How are they still in existence? How has there not been you know something called forth a grand jury or something? To bring an indictment against this guy right here and against BlackRock. They know he's doing it, they're paying him to do it. Oh my goodness gracious.
4: Does like everybody do that? Does Blackrock do that? <laughs> The BlackRock recruiter also tells us about how the U.S. government relies on BlackRock for their economic simulation, computational
3: power.
6: Economic simulation,
3: they need to understand the impact of something, right? They're going to, like, raise the interest rate, for example. Huh? It's going to create this cascade of various factors that aren't, they're not sure what's going to do, basically.
4: And just how f***ing great the Ukraine war is for business.
5: Do you have any um, thoughts on the Ukraine-Russia war?
3: Ukraine is good for business, you know, right? We don't want the conflict to to, to end. Why? We don't want the conflict to end as a country. The longer this goes on, the weaker Russia is. Uh, I'll give an example. Russia um, Russia blows up Ukraine's grain cycles. Price of wheat's gonna go mad up So what are you gonna do if you a trading firm? The moment that news hits, within a millisecond, you're gonna pump you're gonna pump trades into um, into uh, whoever the wheat suppliers are, into their stocks. Within an hour or two that stock goes. Up, and then you sell, and you just made, I don't know, how many milk.
0: Why would a news channel
3: promote a side and more? Because it's also good for business. So, I mean, what, what's news? News, right? What does news feed on? They feel on like strategy, they feed on f- up events. That's what people like to watch. So when it happens, it's, it's good business. More viewers. When nothing's happening, Oh, they're all pushing like the same talking point like you generally when you look at news Wait, like the Ukrainian an economy is tied very largely to the wheat market, global wheat market. This is fantastic if you're trading. The volatility creates opportunity to make profit. War is no f-ing good for, for business. It's exciting when s*** sh- goes wrong, right? Surge also speaks on BlackRock-influenced
4: news and even gave our journalists some tips.
5: Based on everything we know now, uh-huh. when they say to sell, does you know, that mean we should you know. buy
3: and so, yeah, it's like, uh, you know Jim Cramer? If you do uh, exactly the opposite of what he's advising, you actually make money. Huh? Yeah. It's like, it's called the, the inverse Kramer Cramer. They don't want to be in the news. They, they don't want people to talk about them. They don't want to be anywhere on the radar. Why not? I don't know, but I suspect it's probably because it's easier to do things when people aren't thinking about it. And when
4: Surge was asked about insider trading and if Larry Fink recently sold 100 million dollars in BlackRock shares, here is what he said.
3: Larry Fink recently sold 100 million dollars worth of BlackRock.
0: Oh. Shit. Uh, wow.
3: Damn Larry, that's not a good sign. The people who trade and make money, they do this at the moment the information out. And that info is typically typically disseminated at private levels first before it gets the mm-hmm. range. If you wanna invest smart, there's a tracker that tracks all politicians and where they have their stocks. Preemptively if the stock price if we think the stock price is gonna tank, we're gonna sell so that so that we, we sell it high, it tanks and we buy it back. And we made well we didn't make but we preserved preserved on a female.
4: But perhaps the most remarkable, profound comment by the Black Rock recruiter is the suggestion that nobody is going to care about what he is saying here or confessing here. Because as he says, quote, normal people don't
3: give a shit. You're like an re- undercover reporter.
0: Really? No, no, don't normal people worry about this stuff? No,
3: no, no normal people don't give a shit. This is, this is beyond them. That These types
4: of questions my reporter asked are beyond all of you. The answer is something that you, the people, consumers, the shareholders, could not possibly understand. It's been said that it's easier to fool a man than to convince him he's been fooled. There is no question that many Americans are still asleep who may not want to wake up from their necessary illusions. We hope and believe by showing these tapes of this BlackRock gatekeeper speaking so plainly on so many topics that not only We wake up people, but also inspire others to come forward on institutions like BlackRock. Oh, and this is just part one.
2: Okay, that's just part one. All right. So there's more to come that they have, you know, and I, I'm going to tell you, I have some questions about O'Keefe with certain things that I've heard that he's been presented with and he won't, he won't report on it. And then other things he will, but nevertheless, the report's a good report And the point is, is here's a guy, uh, you know, the question was asked, why, why arrest this guy, small fish? Will you arrest him because he's violating the law? That's the point. See that mentality that says, well, they're just small fish. And I've heard this all before. This was the same thing we dealt with Donald Trump. We know the big fish. We, We see them out there. We see them doing what they're doing. And Donald Trump was gathering in little fish. In in the pedophile stings. They're no name people for a large measure. You do it, you, you bring justice on everybody. It doesn't matter if there's one, it doesn't matter if there's three or ten. But the fact that this guy's coming out and explaining what they do and how they do it, and you're right, some people were saying surprise the guy's breathing. That's exactly right. Well, here's the point you not only do you not only deal with him, you deal with those who have employed him. This is why it blows my mind that, you know, Bear and others are still in existence after World War II. Funding and helping our enemies. See, they won't deal with the big fish either. But it needs to be. And people need to understand that when they're investing in these companies, and this is what they're investing in and there again it goes back to the whole idea of usury and deception and fraud i mean let's be honest about what wall street really is you know it used to be an issue years ago where you looked at is a company making a good product are they do they have a good um testimony of, you know in the community so to speak uh do they treat their workers fair Um, are they advancing in their whatever technology they're they're doing and and things of this nature? And is there are they not cooking their books? Are they really producing a profit whereby it's okay to invest in that company? That's what it used to be. Now the whole thing swings on what the news is. And if the news sounds bad, people go and they sell their stocks because they're not of this mindset that this guy is. This guy has the mindset of investor. You go in and you put your money in, you let it jump up real fast, you sell it, and then when it drops back down, you buy it again. You make your money and then you buy it again. And you get prepared for the other. And that's how they use them. The, and you can go to classes, you can pay five, six, 10000 I don't know what it, what it is. But I went to one class that was free, and the guy explained how they were doing it. And he says, We'll put you through this 10 day course or whatever. It's going to cost you $5,000, and you can book up this stuff and you can do it yourself. Well, I wasn't paying that kind of money, but this was a long time ago. But I understand how they're doing it. They're doing it through the manipulation of the media and what they're reporting. So with that said, you saw this, those of you watching on the video platforms, you saw this particular, uh, I don't want to call it a meme. It's like an illustration here of their equity holdings. And for instance, Apple is their number one. Okay, uh, almost 171 billion dollars, and uh, they also have uh, Apple is one of the world's most profitable companies. In 41 of the last 50 quarters, it has reported a real a real uh, excuse me a net profit margin of over 20 percent. It states that BlackRock is the world's largest asset manager with over uh, nine trillion. And asset management. I mean, I, I, it's, it's incredible to me. Microsoft is number two for them. In fact, this was the list that was provided uh, in terms of the value of holdings that BlackRock has over these companies. These are the top 25 that they do. There's much more than this, but they, these are the top 25. Let me give you the names and the, uh, and the value of holdings they have. Apple, $171 billion. Microsoft, $155 billion. Amazon 63 billion, Nvidia, you know, there that my understanding is that's a big issue of the technology coming out of Taiwan. That's why there's that's why there's this little scuffle that's going on with China really wanting to flex their muscles over there with Taiwan. 51 billion. Google class A and class C, 44 billion and 38 billion, Tesla 37 billion. Mm, oh, that's an interesting connection too, isn't it? United Health Group 35 billion. Meta, that's Facebook, $32 billion. Berkshire Hathaway, Class B, $32 billion. Johnson & Johnson, $31 billion. ExxonMobil, $30 billion. iShares Core, S&P 500 ETF, $29 billion. Visa, $28 billion. JPMorgan Chase & Company, $25 billion. Procter & Gamble Company, $24 billion. MasterCard, $24 billion. Home Depot, $23 billion. Eli Lilly and Company, twenty-three billion; Merck and Company, twenty-two billion; Advi—I don't know what that is. This is part of healthcare, um, twenty-two billion; Chevron, twenty-two billion; PepsiCo, twenty billion; Coca-Cola Company, nineteen billion; Broadcom, nineteen billion. And this is just this is just a portion of what BlackRock has its investments in. That's not including Vanguard. That's not including uh, State Street.
6: You know, it's just, it's incredible. It really is incredible. Proverbs
2: 11.26 says this, He that withholdeth corn, the the people shall curse, but blessing shall be upon the head of him that selleth it. Did it sound like in that interview, this, this BlackRock recruiter, did it sound like he's the guy who holds the corn and doesn't sell it? Now, he sells it to make a profit. Don't get me wrong. But does it sound like he's the guy who would be stingy with stuff? Yeah. Yeah. That's what the whole basis of all that is. If you want to know what Jesus meant when he said you're either going to serve God or mammon or riches or money, that's what mammon is, riches and money. You're either going to serve God or that. You only need to listen to that guy right there. Okay? You need to just listen to that guy and you'll understand how one makes money the idol. It's all about making money. Doesn't matter if it hurts people,
6: doesn't matter if it's uh, unlawful
2: how you make your money, doesn't matter what schemes you're involved in. You're. Your God is the money. Your God is the money. by the way, I had this pulled up a slide of something out of the way, and I think i I lost my place there. Let me see if I can pull it back up because this is very important what the guy was mentioning before because who's the guy who is uh running uh, Blackrock there uh well, it's Larry Fink, and we we have some video of Mr. Fink as well. I had this pulled up earlier, and uh what excuse me, whatever reason I forgot to uh you, you now make a point bring this up, but I want to do you this want point of. would you quit playing by yourself? I don't know what the issue is with with rubble and some of this, but in any case, this is I want you to listen to the guy over at Blackrock here. This is Larry Fink. I want you to hear what he has to say about the people. Okay. Pay close attention.
0: That's, that's an investment criteria for you.
2: Well, behaviors are
0: going to have to change. And this is one thing we're going to, we're asking companies, uh, you have to force behaviors. And at BlackRock, we are forcing behaviors. Uh, 54% of the incoming class are women. We, we added four more points in terms of diverse uh, employment this year. And it will, if it's, it, you know, what we're doing internally is if you don't achieve these levels of impact, your compensation could be impacted, okay? We're doing the same thing. And so it's just, it, you have to force behaviors. And if you don't force behaviors, whether it's gender or race or just any way you want to say the composition of your team, you're going to be impacted. And that's not just not recruiting. It is development, as Ken said. And ultimately... It's still going to take time, but I am just as much shocked as Ken is that we have not seen more opportunities, and we're going to have to force change.
2: Okay, all right, so we're going to have to force change. This kind of sounds like Barry, Barack Hussein, Obama, Satoru Sabarka, doesn't it? We need to have hope and change. It's kind of like the QAnon psyop. Trust the plan. We don't know what the plan is. We don't know what the hope and change is that, that Obama is going to bring. But you just got to go with it, man. Got to get that flow on. This is Larry Fink. This is what he thinks. You, you've got to change. You got to force people into change. That's what he's saying. Pretty incredible. Pretty incredible. And, and look, this is all tied in. Scripture speaks about this stuff tremendously. Look at Micah chapter 2. Woe to them that devise iniquity and work evil upon their beds. I want to ask you something. Is usury that? Is fraud that? Is what you heard come out of the mouth of this recruiter with bribery and all of the other things of senators and others? Hmm? Is that what it is?
6: Interesting. Very interesting.
2: Woe to them that devise iniquity. Work evil upon their beds. When the morning is light, they practice it because it is in the power of their hand, and they covet fields and take them by violence and houses and take them away. That's exactly what they're doing. Oh, yeah, there's some banks and financial institutions uh, that BlackRock has money in that they control as well. I read to you J.P. Morgan, but there's some other ones that are in there as well. So they oppress a man in his house. This is again from Micah chapter 2. They oppress a man in his house and even a man in his heritage. Therefore, thus says the Lord. Listen, guys at Black Rock, guys at State Street, guys at Vanguard, other corporations who are doing the same thing. Behold, against this family do I devise an evil. This is what the Lord says, Yahweh. From which ye shall not remove your necks, neither shall ye go haughtily, for this time is evil. In that day shall one take up a parable against you and lament with a doleful lamentation and say, We be utterly spoiled. He hath changed a portion of my people. How hath he removed it from me, turning away he hath divided our fields? Therefore thou shalt have none that shall cast a cord by lot in the congregation of the Lord. I mean, it's really interesting all through the scriptures. This is what we see. In fact, Solomon pursued a similar route to what Blackrock is doing here. Okay? Solomon pursued a a similar route, gaining all kinds of stuff. You know, even as king, he was taking up wives, concubines, lands, all kinds of stuff. Listen to what he had to say in Ecclesiastes chapter 2. I said in my heart, go go to now. I will prove thee with mirth, therefore enjoy pleasure, and behold, this also is vanity. I said of laughter, it is mad, and of mirth, what doeth it? I sought in my heart to give myself to wine, yet acquainting mine heart with wisdom, and to lay hold of folly, till I might see what was that good for the sons of men, which they should do under the heaven all the days of their life. I made me great works, I builded my houses, I planted me vineyards. I made my gardens and orchards, and I planted trees in them of all kinds of fruits. I made me pools of water, to water therewith the wood that bringeth forth trees. I got me servants and maids, maidens, and had servants born in my house. Also, I had great possessions of great and small cattle above all that were in Jerusalem before me. I gathered me unto also silver and gold, and the peculiar treasure of kings and the provinces. I got me men singers and women singers, and the delights of the sons of men as musical instruments and that of all sorts. So I was great and increased more than all that were before me in Jerusalem. Also, my wisdom remained with me. That was what he asked God for. I mean, it, it, that's, that's kind of a whole other show. Solomon asking God for wisdom. He became the wisest man in the world, but he was very foolish in a lot of ways. Absolutely correct. But it, it just demonstrates the depravity of man, doesn't it? Because Solomon's not the standard any more than Tim Brown is the standard. The word of God, the Lord Jesus Christ is the standard. And whatsoever my eyes desired, I kept not from them. I withheld not my heart from any joy. For I mean, Solomon is just writing, whatever the world had to offer me, buddy, I was engaged in it. I had it. For my heart rejoiced in all my labor, and this was my portion of all my labor. Then I looked on all the works of my hands had wrought, and on the labor I had I had laboured to do, and behold all was vanity. All was vanity, and vexation of spirit, and there was no prophet under the sun, and I turned myself to behold wisdom and madness and folly, for what can the man do that cometh after the king? Even that which hath already been done, and I saw that wisdom excelleth folly, as far as light excelleth darkness. The wise man's eyes are in his head, but the fool walketh in darkness. And I myself perceived also that one event happeneth to them all. And I said in my heart, as it happeneth to the fool, so it happeneth even unto me. And why was I then more wise? And I said in my heart that this is also vanity. For there's no remembrance of the wise more than of the fool forever, seeing that which now is in the days to come shall all be forgotten. And how dieth the wise man as the fool? Therefore, I hated life because the work that is wrought under the sun is grievous to me, for all is vanity and vexation of spirit. Yes, I hated all my labor which I had taken under the sun because I should leave it unto the man that shall be after me.
6: Whatever you're acquiring
2: now, whatever you're building now, whatever... And look, this is not an attack on having possessions. If you have things, if God has blessed you with things then you have him to thank for that. And you should be thankful for it. And you should use it for his glory. No question about that. But if your pursuit is for the things themselves, then you're building a kingdom that's on sand and it's going to sink. And when the storm comes, it's going to destroy it.
6: It's going to destroy it. And Solomon was at least wise enough to figure that out to see this is what's going on.
2: Jesus kind of picks up on this in Luke chapter 12, beginning at verse 15. This is what he said. And he said unto them, take heed and beware of covetousness, for a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things which he possesseth. For a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of things which he possesseth." Now, let me ask you something. What is promoted in America more than the abundance of things that you possess? What, if, we had to lay, if we had to put a slogan across America today, it wouldn't be in God we trust. It would be the one who dies with the most toys wins. That's, that would be our slogan. That is what we are constantly bombarded with. Corporations wanting us to buy their products. Politicians wanting to tell us it's the economy, stupid. You've got to go out and buy stuff. You've got to consume. All your labor goes into
6: consumption through lawless money, through lawless
2: usury, all of that. Well, Tim, you're just saying we're sinners all over the place. You're exactly right. You're exactly right.
6: That's why we need a Savior from sin. Not something
2: we put on our lapel and say, I love Jesus. Now we need, to say, we need him to save us from our wicked ways. That's what we need him to do, to save us from our wicked ways. Jesus goes on in this passage, and this is what he says. And he spake a parable unto them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentiful. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do? Because I have no room where to bestow my fruits. And he said, This will I do. I'll pull down my barns, I'll build greater, and there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said unto him, Thou fool, this night shall thy soul be required of thee. Then whose shall those things be which thou hast provided? Same thing Solomon was saying. He says, "I'm, I'm building up all this stuff just to give to somebody else.
6: And then he says, so is he
2: that layeth up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. Hmm. Well, this sounds exactly like what BlackRock is doing. In fact, let me just show you this real quickly. BlackRock is a part of the World Economic Forum. Mm-hmm. This is from the World Economic Forum website. BlackRock is a global leader in investment management, risk management, and advisory services for institutional and retail clients. BlackRock helps clients around the world meet their goals and overcome challenges with a range of products that include separate accounts, mutual funds, iShares, blah, 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 blah. Okay? State Street's in it, too. In the World Economic Forum. Vanguard... They're obviously joining in here in collaboration with the World Economic Forum as well. I showed you guys this uh, before. Strategic partners. I mean, they're listed under this. Um, Vanguard's not listed under it, but uh, State Street is. And then so is uh, BlackRock. I believe they're up here at the top. Yep, BlackRock's up here in the top. And then you have this partnering with Vanguard against uh, partnering as corporate initiative. And uh, I'm going to have the other show that I did on this, that which had a whole lot more than I'm going to be able to cram into this hour in so you guys can check it out if you want to do that. But there's all kinds of memes that are set up. This gives you kind of an issue or a picture of some of the companies that BlackRock owns, or not owns, but they're heavily invested in. Anything from Netflix to Pfizer to CNN to Fox News to Time Warner Cable, Honeywell, Raytheon, Boeing, Moderna, AstraZeneca, Activision, DuPont. I'm just giving you some that I didn't give before. Uber, um, Dow, Fidelity, Verizon, Walmart, PayPal. I mean, there's Walt Disney. There's a a lot of these companies that they're invested in, and look, if you've got a 401k, if you've got any of this kind of stuff, this is what you're doing. They call it investing, but really what's happening is they're using that money in a scheme of either fraud or even criminal activity, more criminal activity other than fraud. Fraud is a crime as well, uh, that you just heard this guy from BlackRock say. Now, I want to ask Christians, how do you knowing this stuff and knowing what the bible says about the riches and about uh usury and all of this other how do you engage in that i'm just kind of curious as to how you justify doing that once you know maybe you didn't know before i can understand that we we're constantly learning things i understand it um but how how do you continue to engage in that when that's going on and so what does what does blackrock do well i mean they're they're the ones you know, behind a lot of these companies who are pushing the whole Pride Month, the trans-delusional stuff. It's a lot of their companies that are doing that. Listen to what this guy has to say as well. He's also from, former BlackRock guy. Check it out.
5: The global debt uh, bubble is at, is at its peak and um, it's becoming apparent uh, given what's going on across the globe that um, we're at the end. And due to that fact, um, we're going to see, um, lots of crazy things in the financial markets. I think, uh, we're going to see, um, the credit markets become unhinged, the equity markets become unhinged. Um, you know, the fed got a reprieve from COVID when they were able to, you know, the cover of COVID print 65% more money, um, to keep this thing afloat, but we're at the end, end days here and, um, a lot of what you're seeing in the response from global governments is what I believe is um, setting up a system to, um, you know, under the guise of medical tyranny to uh, prevent uh, the riots that are going to ensue once this thing all unwinds. That's my personal belief, and I, I watch what people do and know what they say.
2: Mm. Mm. See, there's a bigger agenda afoot here. There's a much bigger agenda, and that's going to be the control of the people once. Once all of it comes down cuz they're going to tear it down this is why they're starting phase 1 this month of the cbdcs the central bank digital currencies they're getting it in place i don't think they're fully ready for that yet i don't think they've got all their little ducks in a row in fact i think they've showed us their hand way too early at least for the people in the states now the question then is this and it's a frightening it's a frightening thing to think about i hear a lot of men come in with a lot of testosterone keyboard warriors they get on this at the other and they talk about how tough they're going to be when it really comes down but they're not taking a stand now they're not going when they're hitting bullets and guns being used they're not going when you know their are their, their food supplies cut off they're not going now and trying to deal with it nope they're not doing that they're just saying oh how bad it is oh how, how powerful the devil is not how powerful Christ is. Christ is the one who said he has all authority in heaven and on earth. But they'll talk a good game about that. These guys know what they're trying to do. And if God would not take, not take the heart of the people of the United States, which it seems like the people are just in large measure asleep at what's going on and doing something about it. But and when I talk about taking the heart, go back to where the people of Israel came out of Egypt and they destroyed Jericho. We read about this the other day. And what happened? But they go they go on a little further. We read about this yesterday with uh, Achan and his family because he did what the Lord told him not to do. And as they come up into the area there in uh uh they they come up and they spy out the area. They send the spies in and they come into the house of Rahab, the harlot. And she says, the hearts of the men have melted in them because of what the Lord has done. Pretty, pretty incredible. Pretty incredible. I want to play this video and I want to, I want to finish out with uh, one last passage of scripture here. This again is, um, this is from Rebel News. And they ask, what is BlackRock doing at the WEF Summit? Check it out.
0: In 2020, we saw an extraordinary shift. And how investors invested. Across every industry, you see a widening gap between the best performing companies in industry and the worst performing companies in industry.
1: Okay. Well the door was open. Well, I want to understand what BlackRock's doing. I mean you got your big black vehicles here, Larry Fink's on the board. So what are you guys here to do?
6: Patrick, can
2: someone I can't get an answer.
1: Are you running away? For Levant here in Davos, Switzerland, the whole town is being transformed into a kind of Disneyland for billionaires and oligarchs. There are pop up stores or pavilions behind me is the one for BlackRock. BlackRock normally doesn't have this building here. It's just a temporary design. BlackRock, if you don't know, is an enormous hedge fund. They have over 10 trillion with a T dollars worth of assets under management. They're enormous. They've got both sides covered. They're into war investments in Lockheed Martin and General Dynamics and investments in peace afterwards to rebuild the country once it's been leveled. Their CEO, Larry Fink, is on the board of trustees of World Economic Forum so you can bet that the policies promulgated by the secretive conclave here in Davos do whatever is best for BlackRock's shareholders and Larry Fink himself is a bit of an ideologue. You'd think a billionaire like him would be a turbo capitalist but BlackRock is actually a major proponent of cultural marxism although they themselves as i mentioned are deeply invested in military companies and he promotes cultural marxism environmental extremism and he actually weaponizes the investments that he oversees
0: the differentiation between company a and b in every industry is really changing how investors are beginning to think and we're seeing now valuation shifts And that is because of companies role in their stakeholders and how they are building a better community around their stakeholders.
1: So it's amazing to me to see them at the World Economic Forum, which claims to be about doing good for the world. I have to chuckle because these ominous big black Mercedes vans with the tinted windows here, that's not very environmentally sustainable. There's no electric vehicles here. We walked in earlier. I mean the door is open. We saw people coming and going. They are extremely secretive, as is all of Davos
6: Patrick, can someone help, please?
1: Help what? Hi. Hi. I don't know. I'm I'm talking she won't talk to me. I don't understand. Okay. Well the door was open. Well, I want to understand what BlackRock's doing. I mean, you got your big black vehicles here, Larry Fink's on the board. So what are you guys here to do?
6: So I need to go. You approached me, so you're forcing me to go.
1: Hey, where are you going? Where are you going? Are you running away? I mean, my questions are so gentle. They will put on a prepared presentation for you, but they won't answer any questions like, Why should billionaires and oligarchs be developing policy, foreign policy, domestic policy, environmental policy, social policy in secretive clubby meetings in Switzerland in some ski resort? Who gave them a seat at the table? And when they talk about global citizenship, who died and made Larry Fink the king? He's just a money manager. Since when did we elect him to write policies under which we all have to live? Yeah, we didn't. We didn't. That's part of There's a little bit more there, but he's just kind of going
2: on a little bit about that. What I want to do is I want to go over here. The passage we went over this weekend, it's out of First Kings chapter 21, and you get ultimately where all this goes. And if any of you guys have listened, there are some videos that expose banksters. I don't call them bankers. I call them the banksters. Uh, some years back, and these guys were just vicious in what they would say. I mean, they were talking about literally killing people uh, to acquire what they wanted to acquire. And have have no doubt that I don't doubt that 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 some of this goes on with what we've got here. In fact, it makes me wonder who knew what. Remember when all those hedge funds managers and all these Guys who were in the big corporate world started jumping out of buildings and all that stuff, and we had like, I don't know, a hundred of them or something. I don't know how many it was in a very short amount of time that died. This is what this reminds me of. First Kings chapter 21, it came to pass after these things that Naboth, the Jezreelite, had a vineyard, which was in Jezreel, hard by the palace of Ahab, king of Samaria. And Ahab spake unto Naboth, saying, Give me the vineyard, that I may have it for a garden of herbs, because it is near unto my house. That's what, that's what the kingship will do to you. And I will give thee for it a better vineyard than it. Well, if you got a better vineyard than it, why don't you just use that one, dude? Or if it seemed good to thee, I will give thee the worth of it and money. And Naboth said to Ahab, the Lord forbid it me that I should give the inheritance of my fathers unto thee. I'm going to tell you something about land. That is an inheritance to you. Don't be so trivial to get rid of it. And you go back in the Old Testament, you can see how God said they're not to do that. And Ahab came into his house heavy and displeased because of the word which Naboth the Jezreelite had spoken to him, for he had said, I will not give thee in the inheritance of my fathers. And he laid him down upon his bed and turned, his face, uh, turned away his face and would, not, and would eat no bread. But Jezebel, his wife, came to him and said to him, why is thy spirit so sad that thou eatest no bread? He said unto her, Because I spake unto Naboth the Jezreelite, and said unto him, Give me thy vineyard for money, or else, if it please thee, I will give thee another vineyard for it. And he answered, I will not give thee my vineyard. And Jezebel, his wife, said unto him, Dost thou not govern the kingdom of Israel? Aren't you the king? Isn't it good to be the king? Ill line from um, Mel Brooks. Isn't it good to be the king? Come on, man, get up. Rise and eat bread, and let thine heart be merry. I will give thee the vineyard of Naboth the Jezreelite. So she wrote letters to a- in Ahab's name and sealed them with his seal and sent the letters unto the elders and to the nobles that were in his city dwelling with Naboth. And she wrote in the letters saying, Proclaim a fast and set Naboth on high among the people and set two men, sons of Belial, before him to bear witness against him, saying, thou dost, thou dost blaspheme God and the king and then carry him out and stone him that he may die. And the men of the city, even the elders and the nobles who were the inhabitants of the city. Did as Jezebel had said unto them, and as it was written in the letters which she had sent unto them, they proclaimed a fast and set Naboth on high among the people. And there came in two men, children of Belial, and sat before him. And the men of Belial witnessed against him, even against Naboth in the presence of the people, saying, Naboth did blaspheme God and the king. Then they carried him forth out of the city and stoned him with stones that he died. Then Then they sent to Jezebel, saying, Naboth is stoned and dead. And it came to pass when Jezebel heard that Naboth was stoned and dead, that Jezebel said to Ahab, Arise, take possession of the vineyard of Naboth the Jezreelite, which he refused to give thee for money. And Naboth is not alive, but dead. And it came to pass when Ahab heard that Naboth was dead, that Ahab rose up to go down to the vineyard of Naboth, the Jezreelite, to take possession of it. I'm going to continue on just a few minutes. I want to make one more point here after I finish this pass. You're going to catch that. SonsofLibertyMedia.com and and Bradley will be with you at 3 p.m. Eastern, SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. We'll see you in the morning, Lord willing, 6 a.m. Adios. All right, I want to welcome everybody coming over from the radio, and uh, let's go right back into uh, 1 Kings 21 and pick up where that was. So Ahab goes to pick it up, and then what do we hear? And the word of the Lord came to Elijah the Tishbite, saying, Arise, go down to meet Ahab, king of Israel, which is in Samaria. Behold, he is in the vineyard of Naboth. Whether he has gone down to possess it. And thou shalt speak unto him, saying, Thus saith the Lord, Hast thou killed and also taken possession? And thou shalt speak unto him, saying, Thus saith the Lord, In the place where dogs lick the blood of Naboth, shall dogs lick thy blood, even thine. You know, all of this sounds like the, the, the guy we were playing at the first, that he, he controls the fate of people's lives with the decisions he makes. Well, there's a decision made here by the king controlled the faith of Naboth, and now he's taken the vineyard. And Ahab said to Elijah, Hast thou found me, O mine enemy? And he answered, I have found thee, because thou hast sold thyself to work evil in the sight of the Lord. Behold, I will bring evil upon thee, and will take away the pos- thy posterity, and will cut off from Ahab him that pisseth against the wall, and him that is shut up and left in Israel, and will make thine house like the house of Jeroboam, the son of Nabat. And like the house of Basha, the son of Ahijah, for the provocation wherewith thou hast provoked me to anger and made Israel to sin. And of Jezebel also spake the Lord, saying, The dogs shall eat Jezebel by the wall of Jezreel. Him that dieth of Ahab in the city the dogs shall eat, and him that dieth in the field shall the fowls of the air eat. But there was none like unto Ahab, which did sell himself the work wickedness in the sight of the Lord, whom Jezebel his wife stirred up. And he did very abominably in following idols. Hmm. Yeah, that's what, that's what serving money or riches and mammon is. It's an idol. It's covetousness. According to all things, as did the Amorites, whom the Lord cast out before the children of Israel. And it came to pass when Ahab heard those words, unlike his wife, she would never do this that he rent his clothes, he put his sackcloth sackcloth upon his flesh, and fasted, and lay in sackcloth, and went softly. And the word of the Lord came to Elijah the Tishbite, saying, Seest thou how Ahab humbled himself before me? Because he humbled himself before me, I will not bring the evil in his days, but in his son's days will I bring the evil upon his house. Well, I see no humbling that's going on with BlackRock, with State Street, with I don't, I don't see any humbling with the, with the people in government who are having their wallets controlled, as the young man said at the first. And yet, there are antitrust laws against what they're doing. Let me give you these real quick and we're going to close out the show. This comes from the FTC uh, gov website. These are the um, three particular antitrust laws that we're dealing with. This is what it says. Let me see if I can blow this up because I know this is probably hard for people who are on the video platforms to see. So hopefully you can see that right there. First, there's the Sherman Act. It outlaws every contract, combination, or conspiracy and restraint of trade and any monopolization, attempted monopolization, or conspiracy or combination to monopolize. Do you think that's what's going on with these three giant corporations? Yep, that's exactly what it is. Long ago, the Supreme Court decided that the Sherman Act does not prohibit every restraint of trade, only those that are unreasonable. For instance, in some sense, an agreement between two individuals to form a partnership restrains trade, but may not do so unreasonably and thus may be lawful under the antitrust laws. On the other hand, certain acts are considered so harmful to competition that they are always, almost always illegal. These include plain arrangements among competing individuals and businesses to fix prices, divide markets, or rig bids. Does that sound like what the guy was talking about at the first? Yeah, that's exactly what it sounds like. These acts are per se violations of the Sherman Act. He goes on and he says the Federal Trade Commission Act bans unfair methods of competition and unfair of or deceptive acts of practices. The Supreme Court had said that all violations of the Sherman Act also violate the FTC Act. Thus, although the FTC does not technically enforce the Sherman Act, it can bring cases under the FTC Act against the same kinds of activities that violate the Sherman Act. The FTC Act also reaches under or reaches other practices that harm competition but that may not fit neatly into categories of conduct formally prohibited by the Sherman Act. And then there's this final one. The Clayton Act addresses specific practices that the Sherman Act does not clearly prohibit, such as mergers and interlocking directorates. That is, the same person making business decisions for competing companies. Yeah, You can see how that would be a problem. Section 7 of the Clayton Act prohibits mergers and acquisitions where the effect may be substantially to lessen competition or to tend to create a monopoly. As amended by the Robinson-Patman Act of 1936, the Clayton Act also bans certain discriminatory prices, services, and allowances in dealing between merchants. The Clayton Act was amended again in 1976 by the Hart-Scott-Rodino Antitrust Improvements Act. (laughs) Good grief. Everybody's got to get their name in there. To require companies planning large mergers or acquisitions to notify the government of their plans in advance. The Clayton Act also authorizes private parties to sue for triple damages. When they've been harmed to conduct that violates either the Sherman or Clayton Act and to obtain a court order prohibiting the anti-competitive practice in the future. Now, here's the obvious question. These laws are already on the books. The people are doing it right in front of our face. They're telling you on camera
6: they're doing it. Where's our
2: representatives? Where's the justice? As I said about yesterday. When you read the U.S. Constitution, and I'm holding them to their standard. They're the ones that say they're going to uphold it. I didn't put my hand on the Bible and say, I'm going to uphold the Constitution. I didn't do that. They did it, and they asked to be there. And they're supposed to do a particular job. Why are we not seeing this? By the way, let me just throw this in. The stuff you're seeing about impeachment now, is kind of, it's, it's sort of a joke. I mean, you got two women in the Republican Party arguing about whose is going to be this, that, and the other, and all this other... It's a grandstand right now. whether they pull it off or not, it's a grandstand moment for them. The same thing happens here though. They ignore it. they let it sit. They know what the law says, but they're getting money from it. Bradley's brought up many times where a senator, you know, I'm going to tell you, I think if somebody's going to serve in public office and they're going to be and and the public service is a public trust. Then what we ought to require of them is, look, during your time serving in office, you cannot be in these investment things. You can't be in a thing where you're where you're getting, uh, you know, either insider trading or any kind of benefit from trading. You're going to if you want to if you want to serve the people, you're going to serve the people. You're not going to You're not going to have anything open to you to where you can serve corporations or other entities. You're just not going to we're not going to allow that. If you're going to work for us. And that's what they're supposed to do is work for us.
6: But it's clear that we've seen, at least
2: at the beginning of the show, you can buy senators for 10 grand. And this isn't the only guy I said, I, I mentioned Jack Abramoff. He's, he's one of the guys, he said, you know, 400 representatives and senators in his pocket any time
6: that he wanted them to vote a certain way. Well. Jesus warned against this kind of stuff. Matthew chapter six, and we'll close out.
2: Verse 19, lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break through Nor steal, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also.
6: Is your heart set upon things above, or is it set upon things beneath, the things of the earth?
2: If it's set up to do this, and look, just because you don't have a lot of stuff doesn't mean you don't have the same mindset. There's a lot of poor people who are very covetous,
6: okay? And there's a lot, there's some rich people
2: who are not like this. They have their treasures set up in heaven. We read about some of them in the scripture. But they have their hearts set up upon heaven. That's where they're putting their treasures. Even though they may have treasures here on earth, they're going to leave to somebody else. Their hearts are set in heaven. The question is, are you serving riches or are you serving the Lord? That's what you have to answer. I, I can't answer it for you. And I have to ask myself that. So any question that's asked or statement said of you, it's coming right back to me. The preacher gets preached at two by his own mouth. I hope God has set our, our sights that way. And I, I tell you, we're going to have to make a push to try to break this up. I don't know if you guys remember when the when um, Ma Bell, that's what we used to call her, AT, uh, was, it, was it AT&T then? Yeah, I think it was AT&T then. And they had all the bells, right? And they broke them up throughout the country. Now they've all basically come back together again. It's, isn't that interesting how that is? They, they never work to do those other things. Anyway, keep that in mind. That's what needs to, to happen here. Because the more these these do, uh, the more uh, power they grab by their investments in here, the more they're going to control those companies. And the more those companies are going to start to control their employees, which some of you work for different companies that end up being owned by these guys, or in, at least heavily invested in. So keep that in mind. Again, Bradley be with you at 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central, suncelebritymedia.com, and then we'll see you back here in the morning, 6 a.m. Lord willing, talk to you then. See you.